fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Wow. I have seen the light. Little did I know. I've been thinking that things were going in the wrong direction. Maybe you have too. Maybe you've looked at inflation and thought, whoa, this is bad. Maybe you've looked at your paycheck and thought, hmm, not so good. Well, I've seen the light. The New York Times has just written a story for tens of millions of Americans. The good times are right now. And they go in to explain to people like me, the naysayers, um, they go on to explain how good things are for anybody who has a job right now. In fact, things, prospects haven't been this bright since men landed on the moon. Wow. Oh, I feel so much better. But wait until you hear the whole story from the New York Times. Oh, no, it, no it's better than that. In 60 seconds. How you experience your day depends an awful lot on how you feel, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard, maybe even impossible sometimes to do life on your own terms when every day you wake up with aches and pains in your body. I know the feeling. I used to have pain so bad in my hands, I couldn't paint. It was debilitating. I got out of that pain by using Relief Factor, and I still take it every single day. I got my life back, and you can too. Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and its four key ingredients work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. Three-week quick start, developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack, and hundreds of thousands of people have tried it, and 70% of them go on to order more month after month. ReliefFactor.com, 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. 1995, the three-week quick start developed for you. ReliefFactor.com, 800, the number four relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. For tens of millions of Americans, the good times are right now. Are you ready, Stu? This is this is good news. I'm this excited. Is good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the era of great political division and dramatic cultural upheaval. But much more quietly, it has been a time of great financial reward for a large number of Americans. Now, I, oh, I, now I want you yeah. to remember the class warfare that has been going on. Okay, I want you to remember also that the truth is wealthy Americans are getting wealthier. Everybody else is not. But we're not going to learn that in this. We're going to be corrected. For the 158 million people who are employed, prospects haven't been this bright since men landed on the moon. And as many as half of those workers have retirement accounts that were fattened by a prolonged bull market in stocks. There were 83 million owner-occupied homes now in the United States. And at, at the rate they've been increasing in value, a lot of them are, in fact, giant piggy banks that families live inside. This boom does not get celebrated much. Oh, no, because it was a slow build phenomena in a country where news is stale within hours. It's happened during a time of fascination with the schemes of the truly wealthy. See Elon Musk and against the backdrop of increased inequality. If you were unable to buy a house because of spiraling prices, the storing amount of homeowners equity is not really a comfort. 
The queasy stock market might be signaling the boom is ending. A slowing economy, renewed inflation, high gas prices, rising interest rates could all undermine the gains achieved over the last few years. But for the moment, this flood of wealth is quietly redefining retirement, helping fuel Silicon Valley and stoking a boom in leisure and entertainment. It's boosting corporate profits by unprecedented amounts, while also giving just about everyone the notion that a better job is just within reach. Mm. More than 4.5 million workers voluntarily quit in March. That's the highest number since the government started keeping statistics. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported last week, a few years ago, the monthly total was between 3 million and 3.5 million. It's now 4.5. Wow. Maybe it's easier to focus on the negative, but Mm. a huge number of people, maybe 40 million households, have been doing pretty well, says Dean Baker, an economist and co-founder of the liberal of the liberal leaning Center for Economic and Policy Research. You'd have to go back to the late 1990s to find anything like this before that. The 1960s, this widespread wealth, this widespread wealth according to the New York Times, throws light on why the number of workers who say they expect to be working past their early 60s has fallen below 50% for the first time. It accounts for the abundance of $1 billion startups known as unicorns. Wow, that's the, that's the little guy went in there, isn't it? The $1 billion startups. Just the average Joe taking his lunchbox and his blue shirt to his tech startup. That's right. Mm -hmm. More than a thousand now, up from 200 in 2015. It offers a reason for the rise in interest in unionizing companies from Amazon to Apple to Starbucks as hourly workers seek to claim their share. And it helps explain why Dwight and Denise make... Wait, wait. The Hmm? sign of prosperity is that workers have tried to seek their share? Doesn't that mean they don't have their share? No, they're living in a giant piggy bank right now. So they can't get out. But they can't find money. They're seeking no, it. No, they got it all in their house in the piggy bank. They live in a giant piggy bank. Are you listening? I, well, you said 40 million households are doing well, but there's 124 million households in the United States. What <sighs> about the other okay, 84 Mr. million Rain house- cloud. And it helps explain why Dwight and Denise Mackison just returned from a 12-day cruise through Germany. You know, I had not considered the, the Dwight Mackelson. and Denise Mackelson part of the economy. It's, well, listen. Our net worth has reached the millionaire level due to our investments. Congratulations. Which was unfathomable when we were married 40 years ago, said Mr. Mackinson, 76, who's retired from the U.S. Forest Service. Mm. The couple who live near Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, have a company. There are 22 million U.S. millionaires, Credit Suisse uh, estimates, up from a fewer than 15 million in 2014. Isn't that great? It, well, that is great. Oh, I, I know. That part is great. That I does not know. necessarily mean the economy is currently healthy. And, right. and when you're talking about investments, mm-hmm. how you're getting the Mackelson family mm-hmm. onto this wonderful 12-day cruise, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like when the markets are tumbling is the time to brag about that. No. It, oh, my gosh. Stu. What am I missing? You're missing the enlightenment that is coming uh, from the New York Times. Uh, yes, I, that okay? I would agree. I Some am. would have concentrated on, wait a minute, 22 million U.S. millionaires uh, up from 15 million in 2014. Some might point out that the New York Times has always hated stats yes. like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do that. Um, 
the uh, uh, Mrs. Mackelson, I'm sorry, Ms. Mackelson uh, says, I use coupons to buy things. One of my daughters would say, Mom, that's so embarrassing. But we believed in saving. Now she uses coupons, too. Every economic transaction has several sides. No one thought home prices in 2000 were particularly cheap. But in the last six years, prices have risen by the total value of all housing in 2000. In many areas in the country, it has been practically impossible for renters to buy a house. This fracturing society, even as the overall home ownership rate in 2020 rose to 65.5%, the rate for black Americans has severely lacked uh, at 43.4%. It's even lower, 44.2% in 2010. The rate for Hispanics was only marginally better. This disparity might account for a muted sense of achievement. It's a time of prosperity, a time of abundance, and yet it doesn't seem that way, says the vice president of enterprise research at Black Knight. Uh, Sean and Stephanie McCauley said the value of their house just 20 miles north of Seattle has shot up 50% since they bought it just a couple of years ago. We're very fortunate now, given the situation for many others during the pandemic. He works for a data orchestration company. Somehow we're doing even better financially, and it feels a bit awkward. Even for those doing well, the economy feels precarious, however. The University of Michigan's uh, Venerable Index of Consumer Sentiment fell in March, the same levels as 1979. And politicians have been mostly quiet about the boom. Now, listen to this. Why? Because re- Republicans aren't anxious to give President Biden the credit for anything, said Mr. Baker, the economist. The Democrats could boast about how many people have gotten jobs and the strong wage growth at the bottom, but they really seem reluctant to do this, knowing that so many people are being hit by inflation. Oh, so they're out of compassion. They don't want to rub people's noses in it. That's the only reason why he's not taking a victory lap is because... He knows that people are suffering. He doesn't he wants to connect with them. The initial coronavirus outbreak ended the longest U.S. economic expansion in modern history after 128 months. A dramatic downturn began. The federal government stepped in generously spreading cash around spending habits shifted as people stayed home. The recession ended after two months and the boom resumed. Jerome Powell, Federal Reserve Chair, recently warned that there are too many employers chasing too few workers, saying the labor market was tight to an unhealthy level. Well, that's probably because everybody is so rich now, you know. Right. We, we learned that, you know, what was it, uh, 40, uh, 4 million? 40 million. Well, 40, 40 million, million households was, are doing well. And then yeah. just, there's just the other 84 million households. So a decade ago, the housing market was in chaos between 2007 and 2015. More than 7 million homes were lost to foreclosure. But that was because they were egged on by lenders and people lived in houses they couldn't afford. But now the reverse is true. People own much more of their homes than they used to, while the banks own less. And that acts as a shield against foreclosures, which in 2019 were only 144,000 during the pandemic. Foreclosure mostly ceased due to uh, moratoriums. That's parathetically speaking, of course. 
the equity available to homeowners reached nearly $10 trillion at the end of 2021. That's double what it was at the height of the 2006 bubble. Oh, that makes me feel better. Because we know 2006, I mean, that's double. Of course, we're double of the value of all of the homes. Just the increase is double than the value of all of the homes in America at full price uh, in 2000. So I don't know exactly what that means, especially since 2006. uh, We were double that. And then we had a huge bubble that broke. Anyway, for the average American mortgage holder, that amounts to $185,000 before hitting loan-to-value tripwires. That figure is up $48,000 in a year. That's what the American family earns annually. Wow. Even new homeowners feel an economic boost. We've never had enough for a down payment. But then, Stu, the summer of 2020, we got a good tax return. We got a stimulus check. And we had a little money in the bank. Mm. So uh, this is according to Magalay Pina, 41, an architect for the federal government. She and her husband bought a townhouse in the Miami suburb of Homestead. She's a first-generation immigrant from Nicaragua. She likes to check out the estimated value of her home and her neighbors in the real estate website, Redfin. Sometimes I check it every day or every three days. It's been crazy. Everything's skyrocketed. In 2006, homeowners cashed in their equity. Sometimes they used the money to double down on another house or two. In 2022, there is little sense of excess. Brian Carter, an epidemiologist in Atlanta, said he and his wife, Desiree, had about $250,000 in equity in their home, but they didn't plan to draw on it. I was 27 in 2007. I watched a lot of people lose their houses because they couldn't leave their equity alone. That included my next-door neighbor and family across the street. I don't want to worry like that. In May 2000, the entrepreneur Kurt Anderson said raising money for a media startup called Inside was as easy, excuse the expression, as getting um, sex in 1969. That was just a few weeks after the stock market peaked. 17 months and one merger later, Inside shut down. Wow. In 2000, the startup downturn was the first sign of a wider economic trouble. This time, it may simply be that people are doing too well. U.S. households are in the best shape in 30 years. <laughs> but does it matter? Oh, my gosh. Just such great news. I, I came in here today a little a little down. You did? You yeah, did. I did. Wow. I, I just saw that the... Uh, the inflation numbers were worse than expected. Oh, no, it was only going to go up uh, 0.4. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So no. like to 8.1, I think, is what they were expecting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know it, one of the numbers I saw was it was up just a little higher. I think they expected 6% and they got 6.2, um, which is, of course, doing wonders for the markets once again. Uh, this Joe Biden economy is so vibrant. Sometimes, and, and, and this is something people don't consider, sometimes the vibrancy of this economy blinds people and they click the sell button instead of the buy. Yes. That's what's going on. Yes. People have so much money. They want to buy more. And because of this vibrancy, Amen. Amen. they're clicking the sell button. And that's, that's going to, it's going to, that is going to clear itself yep. up soon. Yep. This is just a transitory issue that mm-hmm. will be over in moments. It's mm-hmm. probably over already. I mean, it's not quite reflected yet, but soon it will well, be. Well, I, I, I just want you to know, 
anybody who says who talks down this economy really ought to be censored. I mean, for disinformation, probably even malinformation, Mm. you know, they know exactly what they're doing. They just don't want to give Joe Biden credit. Now, I'm different. Believe me, I'm going to give Joe Biden all the credit he deserves. We continue in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So if you are just living in that giant piggy bank, may I suggest you pay off your credit cards. The one thing that people did do in 2006 and seven was, oh, my house is worth so much, I'm going to take out another loan and I'm going to buy another house. No, 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 don't do that. But right now, because your home has equity, If you use that money to pay off other high interest debt, that's a smart thing to do. American Financing. I want you to call them now at 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440. Inflation is, are you saying those numbers, they were up for inflation? Yeah, up, higher than expected. Because, I mean, look, expectations... I expected it to be perfect. And it's, I always say, let's lower our expectations so mm. we're surprised when it's better. Yeah. You I know? expected 85% inflation today, and it's lower than that. Therefore, I'm happy. Oh, I thought it was happier when it was bigger. Oh, yeah, because all those numbers. 40 million households and the McCann's family. They were on family. that family they, had vacation. That Next time, 20 days. Why stop at 12? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. American financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Now, CNBC apparently did not get the memo uh, because they're talking today about household debt near $16 trillion despite rising rates and inflation. I I mean, I don't even uh, let's not even deal with that. Let's talk about the happy news at the border. Mm. You remember when um, Barack Obama was in and he says these drug prices are too high. Right now, you can get fentanyl anywhere, and it's cheap. It's cheap. So uh, I think this is working out well for us. The market in action, right? (laughs) Exactly right. Plenty of fentanyl. Yeah. And all those people that are, you know, they say are homeless. Those are all people with end of life uh, diseases like cancer, I'm sure. And so they're taking that fentanyl because they can get it cheaply there on the streets of San Francisco. And you could probably get it cheaply no matter where you live. You can live in a farming community. I bet you've got a fentanyl problem in your community. Thanks, Joe Biden. This is just working out. I don't want to say this, but too well. I mean, it could, the problem with this presidency right now. Now you're taking the New York Times good. lead. And then I think that's smart. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think it's that's good. I think it's smart as well. I, I feel like Every once in a while, I see approval ratings that are not at 100%, and I think, what is wrong with these people? I don't know. Do they not understand what a 12-day cruise is? We should probably stop just asking those people. They're too dumb They're too to dumb. see it. 
Either ask, that or we should just execute them. The poll I want to see is what percentage of people that approve of Joe Biden approve of Joe Biden. And that number would be 100% and it's the only number that matters. It's the only number that matters. If you don't approve of Joe Biden, why are we asking and you? And you know what? Why Why should we ask the average person? Let's ask the elites, the intellectuals. Mm. I mean, how does George Soros feel about George uh, about Joe Biden? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. George is struggling. He's mm-hmm. he's a struggling American. He's an immigrant. Mm-hmm. We right? Should, yeah. Mm-hmm. We should we should ask him. People like him. They know more. They do. Oh. They do. I'm I'm excited for the future of this country. It's do, it's going well. I think the next couple of years, nothing but good things are on the horizon. Yeah. Well, Savannah Hernandez, she's joining us. She's just been down to the border, and she disagrees. With what? the New York Times and don't your, ask her about the poll then. Well, I'm gonna. I won't ask her about how she feels about Joe Biden. I'm mm. sure she's a a MAGA supporter. You know, the Glenn Beck program. Mega MAGA. <laughs> no, it's a ultra MAGA. Uh, Jenny Cell would be better if it was Mega MAGA. It does sound like it would make yeah. more sense. Jenny Cell has extended your chance to get their most popular package for sixty percent off at genucell.com. During this limited time opportunity, you can get their brand new Ultra Retinol Cream for maximum anti-aging benefits with your purchase. Genucell products uh, use an amazing new anti-aging technology, and it's hard to ignore the results. Uh, you, uh, my, you know, my wife has been using this a lot lately. She loves it. Um, and I know uh, because I happen to have the skin of a, of a 20, 20 year old. I don't need it necessarily at this point, but maybe you do. Actually, it's great for everybody. Uh, you can see uh, your uh, all the fine lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, uh, crow's feet, uh, under eyed bags, all the stuff that's going wrong with your skin. You can get that out of there uh, with the GenuCell promise. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. You can join GenuCell's best in class rewards program at checkout for an extra 10% off your order and a complimentary sample gift as well. 60% off world-class skincare. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck. And right now, every most popular package includes GenuCell's immediate effects for results in as little as 12 hours. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck. GenuCell.com slash Beck. Tonight, 9 p.m., it is our Wednesday night special, Biden's Border Bloodbath. It is great to have uh, Savannah Hernandez back in the uh, building. She was uh, a producer here at The Blaze for a while and really top-notch producer. And now she's her own host, Rapid Fire. uh, And she's just gotten back from the border with some stunning uh, footage. Tonight at 9 p.m., we're going to tell you about the bloodbath, the death that is involved at our border. And it's happening in your own communities. Uh, this part of the story is only part of the special tonight at 9 p.m. only on Blaze TV. Welcome, Savannah. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Glenn. You, you know, typically I was behind the desk. Now I'm here at the desk with you. Very exciting to and be here. I'm excited for you. Excited Thank for you. you. Um, take us through what has happened with you. You went down to Eagle Pass and Brownsville mm-hmm. and you saw some amazing things, but also... Uh, you saw some amazing things on the phones of the border guards. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you saw. So when I went down to Eagle Pass in Brownsville, it was pretty crazy because I got to watch the entire process of how illegal immigrants cross over into our country and then how they are bused throughout our country. So uh, in Eagle Pass, you have the Rio Grande River. 
which is where a lot of the illegal immigrants drowned trying to make this uh, journey across. And so that in itself was very terrifying to watch because you were essentially watching people on the Mexican side of the border just jump into the river and hope that they make it across. Sometimes there are children in tow. You never know what's going to happen. Eagle Pass is not an I've not been there, but it's not necessarily an easy place to cross. I mean, aren't there aren't there cliffs on on the American side of parts of Eagle Pass? Or is um, it? There are parts that okay. are like that, but the primary part where they do cross, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to get in and out of the river. However, at that section, there are currents that typically drag people under the bridge. And that's why we had, uh, for example, National Guard uh, Bishop Evans, right. um, you know, he drowned trying to save the illegal immigrants making that cross over. So it was very shocking to see. And I asked National Guard, I asked Border Patrol, I asked, you know, so these people are allowed to get into this river, cross into our country, and Border Patrol is just supposed to come pick them up and process them. And they were saying, yes, our job is to observe and report at this point. National Guard was telling me that, uh, you know, they had a lot of empathy for these immigrants coming through. Sure. But then they expected Border Patrol to come pick them up in the vehicles, go take them to the processing centers. The National Guardsmen would give them water bottles. One of the National Guard telling me that um, one of the illegals just opened the bottle of water, poured it down at his feet, and threw the trash down. If you go to where um, these illegal crossings are happening, there's clothes littering the border. Yes. There is... Let me show some of those pictures if you happen to be watching on the blaze. This is uh, uh, shocking uh, what, what our border looks like. Uh, keep going through scroll through. I mean, look at that. It's just clothes and garbage as far as the eye can see. It was very shocking. And Glenn, one of the worst parts of being down there was seeing condoms and boxes of birth control at the border because we know what is happening there. We know what these women and children are going through, making this journey across. We know what the cartel members and also even members of the Mexican police department are putting these people through. They are taking advantage of these migrants trying to make this journey. I was talking to National Guard who was telling me that the cartel uh, oftentimes kidnaps families, will rob them of their money, will basically hold them hostage and torture them. This is just a tactic of the cartel to keep people subservient to them, to keep the migrants scared, let them know that they're in control. And National Guard also telling me that um, the cartel members own cell phone towers on the Mexican side of the border. They're tracking the National Guard cell phones, sending them pictures of dead bodies and death threats saying that you are next. So that's what the Biden administration is allowing to prosper. That is what the Biden administration is putting our Border Patrol members and National Guard members through. Did you see any of those uh, cell phone texts and pictures? Or did they just tell you about them? They told us about them. Oftentimes, the you know Border Patrol and National Guard don't even want to speak to reporters. Okay. Um, and the reason is, is because they they do fear for their jobs. They fear, um, you know, being uh, dealing with the pushback of coming out and talking to reporter a reporter and telling the truth about what's going on. So oftentimes they'll come and speak to us off the record about these things and say, hey, you know what? You didn't hear this from me, but this is what we're really going through. And this is what's going this on. This is I mean, this is so easy to um, see what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. And yet no one will. No one will even address it. No one in mainstream media is talking about this. The human trafficking that is happening at our border is obscene. Uh, Beyond that, the fentanyl problem, the drugs that are we are empowering these cartels and they are taking fentanyl and just pouring it into our cities. 
It's absolutely horrifying to see, and going back to the human trafficking quickly, uh, one of my friends who reports extensively on the border, Eagle Pass, Brownsville, all of these areas, he actually got footage of small children who had been drugged by the cartels. The reason the cartels do this is so that way they can keep the children quiet as they're trafficking them at night. Uh, One of the most horrifying parts of this story is that Border Patrol is saying that they oftentimes see these children multiple times because the cartel will use these kids as a way to get grown men into our country as a family unit. That's how they get these people into our country. That's how they help disguise them. So uh, horrifying what we're seeing. And then going back to the fentanyl crisis, I was in the Tenderloin District in San Francisco, and I was absolutely shocked watching people use meth, fentanyl. They had crack pipes out in the middle of the day at 2 p.m. Glenn, I have been to BLM riots. I covered them for the entirety of 2020. I felt more unsafe on the streets of San Francisco at 2 p.m. with the police right next to me than I did at a BLM riot. That is how terrifying san francisco is so what is the 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 fentanyl is being made in mexico and in china Mm -hmm. or right yes Uh, biden is saying all this fentanyl problem is coming from through our ports uh but how come that's the only supply chain that is working now those are the only ships that are coming in from china that doesn't seem to make an awful lot of sense And Glenn, too, the art of journalism is so great because anybody can do it, right? Anybody can go down to the border right now and see with their own two eyes how open this is. Anybody can go. And if they stick there long enough, talk to Border Patrol or National Guards members or even locals of these border cities and ask them what they're going through. Many of them talking about the immense drug trafficking that is happening in their cities, the crime rates going up, cartel members walking through their neighborhoods with machetes terrorizing them at night. That's what these people are going through. And that's why... Um, In border cities specifically, we are seeing a big uptick in people voting Republican and more red because they are terrified at what is happening uh, every day. And they are um, these these cities on the border. They are now many of them under control of the cartel. Or living in fear of the cartel? I would say living in fear. I've just started my investigative reporting into this. Um, So as of now, it's been very surface level, me just going and kind of speaking to locals. I haven't, you know, the next step is dig deeper and ask these family members, what have you really been experiencing? But just on the surface level of talking to locals, they do fear the cartels in these cities. In California, in Texas, we know that the cartel has made their way all the way up to Dallas. So this isn't even an issue that just affects border towns, unfortunately. Thank you so much. We'd love to have you back when you uh, continue your investigation and and get the facts from you on on what you're doing. I'm so happy for your success. Thank you so much, Glenn. And I really appreciate you highlighting this issue. I really do. Yeah, not a problem. Savannah Hernandez, uh, host of Rapid Fire. Um, You can um, uh, find Rapid Fire where? Anywhere, um, podcast, podcast, anywhere yeah. podcasts are streamed and uh, follow me on true social at Sav says I'm banned on Twitter. Great. Thank you. You're banned on Twitter. <laughs> Twice banned. Yeah. Well, probably not for long. Probably Hopefully not. For not. Long. Hopefully, Hopefully not. not. Thank you so much. God bless. Um, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. This is still America and your vote matters. And what you do with your dollar is a vote. Um, how much do you spend on your cell phone uh, every single month? How much is that plan costing you? You can save money by switching to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile um, is going to save you a ton of money, especially if you're over with Verizon, one of the big guys. 
um, they are charging you an arm and a leg. And some of some of your toes and fingers then are actually going to places like Planned Parenthood as they are these woke companies that are helping destroy our nation. Stop doing that. Go to a company that has the same coverage because they're on the same cell towers as everybody else. They have better prices and better customer service. It's Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Free activation when you use the offer code Beck. Veterans and first responders save even more. So switch right now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. So I have a theory, Stu. I just want to pass by you. Um, Look at the problems that we and the global elites and the American elites are not dealing with. Fentanyl, what is that doing? That's killing tens of thousands of Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Stringing them out and killing them. Yeah. They are, they are no longer safe, rare, and legal. It is shout your abortion. Be proud of aborting your kids, mm-hmm. okay? Um, we are now entering into a situation that just because of the Ukrainian war, two million people will starve. Because the United States is cutting back all of its energy programs, hurting the farmers, uh, they're not doing anything about the collusion with the meat processors. We are going to we're not going to be able to help at best when people are starving. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, we're possibly it seems like our government is is egging on World War Three. Millions would die. Uh, drug shortages, and yet we're not doing anything about it to move drug manufacturers to make things here in our own country. Um, you have violence on the street. Uh, you have people who are killing people and they're not paying the price for it, which will only cause more, you know, in murders and violence. Suicide rate during COVID, they didn't care about that at all. If you're someone who believes that man is the virus, that man is the biggest problem causing global warming, if if you just believe that the planet is superior, you know, this the line from uh, from Scrooge. Are there no workhouses? Okay, do you remember that line? Mm -hmm. What does he say? Let them reduce the surplus population. That's that was a uh, a line going towards the Malthusians, the mm-hmm. people who believe that there's a limited amount of stuff, and you know people need to be just reduced. You know, we just need to reduce that surplus population. And that idea is still alive and well on the left. We saw Janet Yellen yesterday. Was it, Jen, was it Jenny Yellen or no? Was, yes. uh, was it Yellen? Yellen was the one who said that mm. it's good for the economy to yeah. have abortions. You know, I got this is this is Malthusian. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's been echoing through the progressive movement since it's been around. So I don't think you should dismiss that it's just to destroy America. It, the, all of these policies that you and I both know 
will end up in starvation and, and everything else because they've been done before by people like Mao. Um, when you're looking at those, it's not enough to say that they're incompetent or they just want to destroy the West. I think there is a added benefit and maybe even with some, you know, people like John Holdren, uh, it works out to the advantage that people die along the way. It reduces the surplus population. It's a stunning, stunning thought that someone would believe that. But you hear you hear it certainly in the environmentalist movement all the all time. All the time. I mean, they don't necessarily say they want to kill the current people. They just want the people in the future to not be born. And then, you know, you, you ask enough questions, you eventually can corner them into, well, if some people went away. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Right. So we don't look. Why worry about views, but why very extreme mm-hmm. views? But why would why would we help the people who are elderly with COVID? You know, just put COVID patients well, in there with them. One of the most fascinating developments of the entire pandemic was if you look at some of the uh, like China and Hong Kong in particular. They don't. They 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 have relatively decent vaccination rates. Except for the elderly. Yes. They, they, like literally the only people who you could argue really need to take a vaccination, the people but in the their elderly. 80s, they're right. like 30% vaccination rates in why? these countries. Why? why? It's almost. You know why. I, I mean, knowing China, my guess would be they don't care and they're fine if it's, these people die. It's excess eaters yeah. yeah that's all they are useless eaters do you produce as much as you consume correct if not and they know the look across the water to japan japan doesn't have enough youth to be able to handle the mm. upper end in their retirement and in their care so do you think china wants that situation because they've reversed the one child policy now now it's a gun to your head to have more than one uh, because they saw that, oh, we're lopsided. There's there's not going to be enough people to provide for the elderly. So crap, have more children. Why not let them die? I mean, it's a convenient way. Uh, it was COVID. It's a convenient way to reduce the surplus population. And I will tell you, if you read enough of the people of the Great Reset, not all of them. A few of them. I mean, Prince Charles is really one of them. Yeah. Uh, You look at some of these people and what they believe about humans. All of these things work to their benefit. Now, I'm not saying that's the administration or but there might be some people in. I don't know. John Holdren is a guy who believes in, you know, after a certain time. Maybe we should sterilize the drinking water, you know. Maybe we should make sure that the drinking water has properties to where the population is drinking it and then they're sterile so they they won't know because we're not going to get people. I mean, that was a serious proposal of his in the 1970s. And he's still a science advisor. And you have a problem with that? Yeah, I do. There's some problem you have with that. So last week there was a... um, there was an uh, executive order that I didn't fully understand. It was about quantum computing, and it seemed like a panic order. We talked to Jeff Brown about the future next. The Glenn Beck Program.
Well, they say you can't teach old dogs new tricks. You should see what I taught Stu. Well, maybe later. Um, There is one thing that you can do for your old dog, and that is make him happier and healthier. It's what happened with my dog, Uno, when I started uh, him on uh, Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's It's a supplement that you put on the dog food. Honestly, I only did it because I wanted him to eat. By the way, could not get him over 90 pounds, and he should be about a hundred and uh, about a hundred, maybe a hundred and five. He's a hundred and ten. His entire life now he has slowed down, but his entire life he would he'd never get close because he wouldn't eat. Rough Greens has helped him eat and lick the bowl clean. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Go to Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. It's RoughGreens.com slash Beck. Go there now. I have been following for a very long time and talking to people about um, and trying to get interest in it so people understand the future that is right around the corner now. Quantum computing and artificial intelligence. Those two things are in our future, in our near horizon future. And they are going to change everything about life on Earth. Last week, there was a national security uh, presidential directive that went out that was promoting that the United States get serious about quantum computing because quantum computing is around the corner and it makes cryptology a thing of the past. It will it will break everything quickly. Once it's really up to speed, and it's gaining speed quickly now. Canada is already using uh, quantum uh, computing to work out very complex problems. Where are we? Where's China? And what is what does all of this mean? Plus, I want to talk to you a little bit about what this means for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and where we are on that. Bitcoin seems to be cratering. Is that just the usual crater? Is this just another time when everybody goes, it's absolutely over this time. Is it or not? We go there in 60 seconds with Jeff Brown. He's one of my favorite guests to have on. Uh, The clock is ticking. 
What clock is it that you might ask? The one that's counting down the moment when your car is going to need a repair done. Yeah. If your warranty is expired, it's like a stopwatch. Maybe it's a long way off. Maybe it's right around the corner. But when that check engine light goes off, don't you get that sinking feeling? I, I mean, I have warranty on my car, and I still get that, stinky, uh, that sinking feeling. My trucks, well, they're long out of warranty, but the good news is I have Car Shield. When my truck broke down, I brought it into the dealership, and I'm like, please be gentle. They knew that I had Car Shield. I told them they had Car Shield. Um, they did the repair. I came back. Just one of the repairs was like six. I think it was six thousand. The reason why I don't remember is because Car Shield took care of all of it. They said, "I said, what did it cost?" And they said six thousand. And I, I was, you would, you should have called me. I would, I would have taken the truck and just dumped it at the wrecking yard. And they're like, "No, no, no Car Shield took care of it." I just wanted to get out of there as fast as I could because I thought I got away with something great. It's Car Shield. Get coverage now. 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. Carshield.com slash Beck. Jeff Brown. Welcome to the program, sir. Good morning. It's great to be back, Glenn. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, you are the founder and chief investment uh, analyst at Brownstone Research, editor of the Bleeding Edge. I mean, I'm not saying this to you. Saying this to everybody who is listening, you know who you are, um, and a uh, and a favorite on this program. He is uh, the. Uh, would you call yourself kind of a futurist? I, I would definitely say I'm a technologist and a futurist. Okay, definitely. so let's start with what happened last week. Um, the The Biden administration signed an executive order that said we got to get serious about quantum computing and because i don't trust anything um in a an executive order i wondered what it was uh and why the sudden haste on quantum computing and i knew you'd be the guy to answer answer those questions yes um well it's you know in terms of of this particular um administration uh, you know, this this particular announcement is largely driven by really what's happening in China. Um, you know, we've seen at a state level in China billions of dollars uh, invested um, over the last decade uh, to develop quantum computing technology um, in China, and there is a very growing uh, concern that these machines, these quantum computers. Um, will quickly become powerful enough to decrypt um, existing uh, data and information, uh, particularly that of which, which has been uh, collected and stolen and hacked uh, over the years. Um, quantum computing basically allows the, these repositories of state secrets and uh, uh, technology um, to basically become uh, visible, readable, usable, and um, obviously, if China has the ability to have this level of com computational power, um, the U.S. really needs to do something in terms of being able to find new ways to encrypt and protect uh, existing and new information from uh, these types of um, potential uh, hacks. Okay, can you first of all explain what quantum computing even is? 
you know, probably the easiest way to think of this is is that it is really the next generation of computing systems. It is. Um, but it's it's totally it's a yeah. lot. It's I mean, if the abacus to the um, uh, to the modern day supercomputer, is it as is it as much of a change as saying that today's supercomputer compared to a full blown uh, quantum computer is the abacus? It, it, it's even more it's even more dramatic than that. It's more significant than that. Holy cow! You know. Quantum computing has the ability to basically um, uh, uh, manipulate particles uh, in a way that has doubly or triply exponentially more computing power compared to a supercomputer, not just the computers that we use every day, a laptop or a desktop, but to the world's most powerful supercomputer. Uh, it's uh, doubly or triply exponential in terms of computing computational power than uh, than a classical computing uh, architecture. That's that's how dramatic this shift is. Can you explain? I'm sorry to get into all this uh, tech stuff, but you to to be able to understand the rest of this, the uh, stories and the questions that I have. Can you explain what a qubit is? Yeah. So a qubit is we think about kind of uh, a particle, um, but what makes qubits very unique is that um, a normal computer bit is uh, a, a, like a transistor, um, it's a zero or a one. And we calculate things with zeros or ones. It's obviously very efficient and effective. It's what all of our computing systems are built on. But in comparison, they're relatively slow. When we're manipulating a quantum bit, a particle, it is able to have something called a superposition, which means it can almost have an infinite number of positions. So rather than a zero or a one, you know, it can have almost an infinite number of positions that can be used to calculate or solve complex problems. And so what happens is with every qubit that we add to a quantum computer, it has this doubly exponential effect on the power of the computing system. And that's what makes it such a radical breakthrough. Um, it doesn't just when you add one qubit, it doesn't just double the power. When you add four, it doesn't quadruple the power. Um, it just multiplies, and um, and that's why you can have a single quantum computer that's more powerful than the most powerful uh, supercomputer on Earth. So, um, so a qubit is kind of like, excuse me for, you know, I'm a poor man's futurist here. A qubit is kind of like uh, we would compare, like the Commodore 64 was what 64 bits. Uh, at the very beginning of co uh, computing. So we're looking at qubits, which are far more powerful, but we're still at the beginning. What are we at? Uh, 120 qubits? Where well, are we? This is a, there's, some, there's some nuance there. Um, so back in 2019, we reached a point, or I should say uh, Google, uh, reached a point of um, demonstrating something called quantum supremacy that was accomplished with a 50, 53 quantum bit quantum computer. And that quantum supremacy was the moment that a single quantum computer, and just to put things in perspective, this is something that basically is about the size of a refrigerator physically. Um, a single quantum computer was able to outperform the world's most powerful 
supercomputer, which is something that physically is the size of football fields. Holy cow. For perspective. And yes, 50 I mean, and 53 cubits is that was our first, uh, you know, we're just just brand new getting into it. 53 is kind of like 24, it. 24 baud or 2400 baud when we were like, oh, look how fast it is. And it took, you know, a day to print a picture. Exactly. Um, you know, we're just stepping into the water and we've already seen that power. And by the way, Glenn, that was three years ago. And um, what's very interesting about what Google has been doing is that they really, they've been keeping their cards close to their chest. They haven't really revealed how much progress that they've made since that September um, 2019 quantum supremacy date. We know they've made radically large progress. We just don't know exactly how much. And they recently spun out um, their quantum computing division into a newly formed company uh, called Sandbox AQ. The A stands for artificial intelligence. The Q stands for quantum computing. And they've taken in some large nine-figure amount of investment. And uh, guess who's there as well? InQtel, which is the venture capital arm of the CIA. Holy cow. So, uh, all right. So, we IBM is saying that we could be at 4,000 qubits, which, again, the supercomputer um, is beaten by 53 qubits. At what point can we break all encryption? Um, so, th- there, th- again, there's a little bit of nuance here. One of the predictions that I've made is that in 2022, we will see a 256 quantum bit computer that's announced. Um, and, and obviously that will be massively more powerful than what Google demonstrated back in 2019. Yes. Within this year, theoretically, um, a computing system like that could crack all existing um, kind of standard encryption that's been used over the last two decades. Uh, and it's not something that would have to run for months or years or weeks, it would literally, you could crack a file in seconds, really. Now, the nuance here um, is that these computing systems, quantum computing systems, have one major problem that the industry is working hard to solve, which Mm. is noise. They tend to be very noisy, and because of the noise, they're error prone. And so the big focus of the quantum computing industry this year is really around kind of error correction and reducing the noise in these systems so that they can be used for their desired purposes. And when you're talking noise, you're not talking about noise that we hear with our ears, um, right? You're talking about... That's right. I mean, the only thing I can... Go ahead. We think about these quantum bits. You know, they're obviously very sensitive. Anything from vibration to heat... Um, the quantum computers tend to run in basically um, uh, uh, ref- large refrigerators. But it's not operate. It's not really. Re- I mean, it's uh, isn't it 80 below zero? And aren't most of them underground? Well, it's they, they, do, they just do that to help with um, the, again, noise. the stability of yeah. the environment. But they, they run right basically at the temperature of deep space. 
Okay, so now let's talk about some practical things here. How long are we before uh, China, or what do you have to get to before a country or company could actually hack into our banks, into the Pentagon, uh, or into cryptocurrency, blockchain? Um, Well, hacking into a network is something that um, happens now uh, every year. but I mean, and, uh, I mean enough to be able to break the codes. And I mean, they're always attempting, especially yeah. with the military. But we've blocked them so far. Is is will quantum computing help get control of our banking or 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 um, military? The, the the bad actors, at least my prediction, my forecast is that. Um, within the next 18 months, um, therefore before the end of 2023, that the quantum computers will be powerful enough to basically break any file, encrypted file that has been stolen. This could be from the private sector, could be from the public sector. We'll be able to break the encryption uh, of that file. And so anything that's been stolen to date and has been um, held um, will soon be visible, I think, by the end of next year because of how quickly I'm seeing quantum computing technology develop. Okay, so I'm going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, explain what do you mean by file that had been... Can you give us some examples of what you think that might mean might be coming our way? Uh, In 60 seconds as we continue with uh, Jeff Brown. Um, When things uh, go into uh, the kind of troubled times that we are heading for, um, there can be shortages, things as important as baby formula. That's when you realize sky's the limit here. Nobody knows what's coming. I will tell you that the world is is preparing for mass starvation, not here in America, I pray, um, mainly in Africa and third world countries that are just not going to have the food. But this is going to affect all of us. Please. We don't know what's coming. Please just be prepared. Preparewithglenn.com. You can save $150 on a three-month emergency food supply. Three months, you'll save $150. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, longtime sponsor of the program. The food kit is very popular right now. Have three months of food for each member of your family, please. You'll be glad you did if food shortages really um, end up being what they could be. Go to preparewithglenn.com, preparewithglenn.com right now. Orders will ship fast and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Again, preparewithglenn.com. Don't wait or there'll be shortages and waits on this. Preparewithglenn.com. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, so Jeff, let's put this into practical terms now. Now that we we kind of know what it is, kind of put it into practical terms. Terms. What what does this mean for the country? First of all, and secrets. So, to your question, um, if we think about every year that, um, for example, nation states have hacked into networks or databases and gained access to files. Let's make some examples. For example, um, specifications of prototype um, uh, equipment, machinery, artillery, 
for defense. Um, could be a new fighter jet, might be a new stealth boat. Um, could be things from the private sector. For example, um, they managed to gain access to a bank and uh, a file that contained all of the customer's um, information. Uh, if they were encrypted properly, they wouldn't be able to view what was in those files. But this is what a, a powerful quantum computer can enable. It can actually um, decrypt uh, those files, and then all of that information that was stolen over the years now becomes visible. Wow. And how far ahead or are they ahead do you think China is? Um, I, you know, I, I have a, a, a more optimistic view on that. Oh, I, good. You know, I think there's, it's always used as the threat. You know, China, for example, invested about a billion dollars last year in quantum computing technology. But by far, in terms of researchers in this space, the U.S. has really the most advanced research and development. And it also has really the best private sector for developing quantum computing in the world. And so just as a perspective, about $1.4 billion was invested just in 2021 in quant private quantum computing companies in the U.S. alone. So that's more than China did as a country. The private sector uh, funneled and fueled into kind of the U.S. quantum computing industry. And that doesn't include the investments from public companies like Google, like Honeywell, like IBM, like Microsoft, who okay. all have their own quantum computing programs as well. And so that, so that perception that we're behind, I think, is is uh, grossly incorrect. So can we talk about the upside of it? Is it too much to say that when quantum computing really goes on, a lot of a lot of cures for maybe even things like cancer will happen quickly? Yes, uh, absolutely. So, you know, to me, some of the top applications so if we set aside the risk from um, of cybersecurity and, and, and cracking those files, the upside is we have systems that um, will be able to solve problems that we just could never solve even on a supercomputer. And so, for example, um, molecular design, um, really optimizing for compounds that can be used for therapeutics and cures. Um, uh, molecular design also impacts the creation of new materials. New alloys. It could be anything from a fabric to a magnet or to another great example is really designing the next generation of, of batteries. Huh. Okay, hang on just a second. More with Jeff Brown in just a second. The Glenn Beck Program. New American Financing, NMLS 182334, uh, uh, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. New report shows almost 71% of Americans feel their paychecks aren't keeping up with inflation. If you missed the, today's uh, first hour of the program, you got to go back and listen on the podcast because I gave you a story from the New York Times. They say everything is great. Is you got to go back to, you know, when men were on the moon the first time to get back to times that were this great. It's crazy. Anyway, inflation is here. Interest rates, higher interest rates are coming. If you have a buttload of credit cards that are 19 percent check, you'll be surprised how high it is now. Um, you're not going to be able to pay those credit cards off as inflation and interest rates continue to go up. Please consider using some of the equity in your home 
right now. Call American Financing. Pay those things off. Get that money off your, uh, uh, that, that monkey off of your back. Get some breathing room and then just control your spending and you'll be in a good situation. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have uh, Jeff Brown uh, with us. He is the editor of The Bleeding Edge, and you can find him at jeffbrownletter.com or brownstoneresearch.com. Um, we're talking about the future and, and quantum computing, and it's some heavy lifting here, but now let's get into some of the good things that this might mean. We are, we are well on the path of quantum computing, uh, there was a time that people didn't even know if this was even possible. It's now happening. Uh, and um, we were talking when we went to the break, Jeff, about some of the some of the breakthroughs that could happen, like batteries is a big one. We are headed for real trouble with energy um, because of what we're doing, shutting everything down. Um, you think this will help us? possibly get to a very efficient, very good battery? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, one of the hardest things to develop are really the materials and um, uh, uh, to Wait. a battery anode. Um, and this is really one of the key areas that we'll be focusing quantum competing on. There are already some very exciting developments in this space. Um, quite a few companies, both public and private, are making great strides for the next generation of, um, of battery technology. Uh, but this will obviously be a, a very important area of focus, not just for electric vehicles, but also for just um, clean energy storage in general, even at an industrial scale. And is there, uh, do you see quantum leaps in battery and energy? Um, battery technology, um, unfortunately, is one of those things that tends to progress at more of an evolutionary yeah. pace rather than revolutionary. Uh, and by the way, this is something that's very consistent that we've seen over the last 30 or 40 years. And so it's a very complex um, problem to solve. There are always trade-offs. And so um, I don't see that kind of radical breakthrough in terms of so um, a battery technology because this is what i'm concerned about and and i know you have to have some sort of an answer or a warning on this we are texas uh, this last week has been saying well we might have some uh, brownouts texas with brownouts uh california is looking at brownouts or blackouts this summer um, and it's all because we're just not doing the right thing on energy. We're, we're going to unreliable energy sources when if we would just please take a breath and slow down, it, we will evolve there. But we're, we're cutting everything short. Where are we even going to plug all these cars into when we get the cars that are all running on battery, the just the 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 load of refueling our cars is going to just drain us of energy sources. Uh, you know that's absolutely right. Very few people look at the entire 
chain from energy production, electricity production, all the way through to distribution in the vehicles. At a national level, our infrastructure, our power grids are not built to support all electric vehicles. Um, nowhere near that. They just could not produce enough electricity. They couldn't carry the load. Um, but, and but, it would come at the sacrifice to the point that you made of, of other necessities. I mean, you know, Jeff, as well as anybody else, there are no real combustion engines engines slated to be made after 2030 in much of the world. <laughs> it, uh, it has been so poorly thought through. And, you know, to put things in perspective, let's take Texas. Uh, it's a great example. You know, roughly about 50%, 48% of Texas um, electricity production comes from natural gas, another 45% roughly from, from crude oil. And so if you're looking at 93 95% are coming from fossil fuels, well, that's the electricity that goes into an electric vehicle. Correct. Is that clean? No. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> And in fact, you know, on average, we tend to see anywhere between seven and, you know, usually 15% of the electricity that's produced from fossil fuels is lost through transmission over the electricity transmission right. lines. So you actually have to produce an excess of electricity just to fuel your electric vehicle. So do you, really, do you see anybody investing in this with that has a that has anything breakthrough that is coming our way? Or are we just screwed on this? Well, you know, what, what I'm most excited about um, in terms of clean energy production is nuclear fusion. So the power of the sun. But we've already um, and there we keep saying that that's coming. And <laughs> <laughs> is it? it we, yes, we're, we have some. Tremendous breakthroughs that have occurred in the last um, 24 months. We've even had some very short moments of net energy production. They, they, they haven't lasted long, um, but we have proved that the theory does work. And there are several companies that I'm quite bullish on, private companies, that I believe will be able to demonstrate um, net energy production at a commercial scale. Um, by 2024 uh, at the latest. So it's not is, as far out as most of us think. How dangerous is it? Because that's what they're going to stop. They're, I mean, just like nuclear uh, power plants. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely the opposite. The, the moment that, the moment that um, uh, we want to essentially shut down a plasma, um, it does turn off very safely. The plasma reactions need to be maintained by very large, powerful magnets. The moment we turn off those magnets, the reaction slows down. And, um, you know, in some, even some forms of nuclear fusion, there's no radioactive waste at all either, which oh, wow. is one of the reasons why I think it's a fantastic solution to the, to the problem that you raise. So let's, let me switch one more topic. Uh, let me go back mm. to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's taking a bath I my guess is and I'm not an expert on this. My guess is it's the usual plus uh, the stock market is going down and people are pulling their money out of Bitcoin to pay off some of the you know bets that they made in the stock market. Uh, and it's not over. Uh, a, do you have any thoughts on Bitcoin? Uh, I agree with you completely. It is nowhere near being over. Okay. Um, you know, what we discovered in this, this latest uh, routes, I mean, 
both Bitcoin and Ethereum have dropped about 60% from their right. November highs that we saw last year. And it's been ugly. You know, all this tells us is that it's considered to be a risk asset rather than something that's uncorrelated or unrelated to equities. So it's behaving very much as the, the broad markets are behaving. Right. Um, but, but there's actually something a lot more interesting happening right now that's, that's very related um, that you may not have heard of. But one of the large stable coins, um, it's referred to as UST. Yeah, we talked about uh, this became, off air yesterday. This is fascinating. Go ahead. It is fascinating. Yeah, so UST is something referred to as an algorithmic stable coin. And kind of theoretically by design, it's supposed to be pegged to the U.S. dollar. So we can almost think that it's pretty close to what the Federal Reserve wants to do with its uh, central bank-backed um, you know, digital currency. Uh, but it became unpegged with the U.S. dollar, and stable coins are supposed to be stable. And what was very interesting about this, and by the way, this particular event has absolutely had an outsized impact on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other digital assets because it's been so disconcerting for the entire cryptocurrency industry. Um, but what was interesting about what was happening here is that there were at least two major players that mm -hmm. um, almost appeared to be correlated in terms of dumping very large nine-figure amounts of this stablecoin into the market. And that's what kicked off this depegging from the U.S. dollar. And then, of course, it just it was like an avalanche. You said correlated, are, correlated or coordinated. Yes. Uh, my, my meaning was, was the same. Got it. Okay. Potentially co uh, coordinated, potentially um, backed by or involved by a major U.S. hedge fund. Hedge fund. Um, mm. It hasn't been proven, but Gee, there's some speculation that on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it gets even more interesting. It starts to raise the question, well, who was the hedge fund backed by? Was there collusion or coordination with perhaps a government agency? Oh my gosh! Uh, because there has been oh a lot gosh. of a lot of talk from the Federal Reserve and, of course, the regulators, um, kind of demanding that stablecoins be regulated. Right now, of course, th this shouldn't come as a surprise to us, right? Because you have these private entities building U.S. dollar stablecoins, and it, it's not a surprise to think the Federal Reserve thinks, well, that's their business. They're the only ones that should have a digital U.S. dollar, right? And so. We can see how, you know, there may be a perceived conflict well, of, of interest. <laughs> I will tell you that this is what we were talking about off air because we just didn't have time to talk about this. Um, but we were talking about it yesterday, Stu and I off air, and we were saying it looks like it probably is one or two big investors that are dumping. We didn't know why, but we also were talking about and look at what the Treasury saying. Treasury is saying we got to regulate. This is what we've been warning about. And then on top of it, quantum computing, the Treasury and the Fed are out again saying when quantum computing really gets uh, gets going. Uh, this is what we've warned about because it's uh, they have, you know, two sets of keys, public and private. And you should never have public keys. Otherwise, it'll be hackable all the time. Isn't it interesting? The timing is very, is very suspicious. Um, and they have been waiting for a moment like this to, to use as um, some leverage or as right. a catalyst 
to uh, assert um, a stronger regulatory stance. This current administration has been very hostile towards digital assets of any kind, unfortunately, yeah. and it's it's actually driven investment and innovation offshore away yeah. from the United States, which has been frustrating. Um, would you do me a favor? Watch that story. And if you see any kind of news coming out uh, on, on the hedge fund, I can't imagine. Maybe it's like white dust hedge fund or something. Or you know, I can't think of anything. What might be uh, the uh, the hedge fund that is is actually possibly involved? Please let me know, will you? Well, I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. There have been some rumors, and they're only rumors that Citadel Ken Griffin might be involved. But Citadel um, again, Citadel. That's mm. one of the largest, yeah, kind of most successful hedge funds over the last couple decades. Um, but that's just and a one rumor, of, to be fair. And one of the big three, if I'm not mistaken, in ESG and, and everything else, which is a public-private partnership with business and government. Right, yeah. right. All right, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. God bless you. You're welcome. You bet. Thanks for joining us. Uh, editor of The Bleeding Edge, founder and chief investment analyst of Brownstone Research. You can find him at the website, brownstoneresearch.com. Also, get the Jeff Brown Letter at jeffbrownletter.com. Uh, all right. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Rough Greens. Tanya got a new dog. Um, and the reason why I say it that way is because she didn't want a new dog. And so I said, yes, dear. And then she started looking at dogs and she said, I really don't want a big. And I said, I know. Yes, dear. And then she found a dog she really liked. And I said, yes, dear. And she said, but we're not going to get it. And I said, yes, dear. And then she bought it. And I said, yes, dear. And so when the new dog comes in, it's Tanya's dog. Because I said, yes, dear, whatever you want. Uh, anyway, uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely for the dog or not for the dog. Whatever makes my wife happy, honestly. Uh, but we're going to be feeding, uh, he's a two-year-old, and we're going to be feeding him, uh, you know, same dog food, but we're putting rough greens on it um, because it keeps not just our older dog, Uno, happy and healthy, really happy and healthy. Um, it will do the same for the two-year-old. Yes, dear. Rough greens, did I get it? Yes, I did, dear. We put, you put rough greens on his Yes, I did, dear. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck. By the way, you get your first bag free. Just make sure you give them the promo code Beck or go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, and that'll get you the first one free. All you pay for is shipping. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Yes, dear. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program uh, tonight. The Glenn Beck uh, special, the Wednesday night special is all on the border. Uh, the Biden bloodbath that is absolutely happening uh, because of human trafficking, because of fentanyl. We look at it and Chip Roy joins us tonight, 9 p.m. on Blaze TV slash Glenn. Right after 
the 500th episode of Stew Does America. Wow, that thing is still on the air. 500 times. Wow. <laughs> 500 episodes. That's incredible. That is incredible. It does not seem possible, yeah. but yes, 500 episodes. We started the show right before the pandemic. Yeah. We, I, some people say we're responsible for it. I believe that. <laughs> I watch it every time. Every time I watch it, I get sick. I mean, just the stuff that has happened. Thank you. Yeah. Just the stuff that has happened <laughs> since the show has launched. Yes. Uh, you know, we, Donald Trump was president. There was no such thing as COVID-19 in America. Uh, Cuomo was, was in office Cuomo and in on office. air. <laughs> That's right, both. <laughs> CNN Plus was still in the planning yeah. stages. <laughs> you know. Now in the old days, we had CNN Plus. Uh, inflation, not at all. What was the inflation rate when we started this thing? Let's see. Inflation, when I, that show started, was 1.5%. 1.5. And now it's 8.3%. Yeah. And they're acting like it's good news. It's a lot changed. Russia was not technically really at war with Ukraine, even though they kind of were. How many episodes? We were still in Afghanistan. Tonight we celebrate your 500th yes. episode. How many episodes have I done? Do you have any idea? On, of of my show? You are. I, we did find this out. The most frequent guest on the program. So congratulations on that. You've made Wow, that's how bad Right from the is. Radio Hall of Fame to that. Wow. wow. My career is... <laughs> over <laughs> it is over and you're going to be on tonight to celebrate in fact we're going to re- do a radio reboot pat oh, glenn and jeffy on tonight's show okay you don't want to miss it before the wednesday night special blaze tv hey listen when it comes to repairing or replacing parts of a major home system and appliance you need a warranty plan that keeps your budget in mind your refrigerator goes down a major appliance goes down your air conditioning i mean there's never a good time, and it's always much more than you thought it you thought it would be. We had some uh, uh, we had a water heater go out. Oh, geez! And then they're like, "Well, you also should get." Oh my gosh! Well, if you have American Home Shield, you don't have to worry about it. Their coverage extends from whole systems like your heating and air, major appliances. Get the warranty you need for the price you can afford. Keep your home up and running and your budget on track with American Home Shield. That's A-H-S. Make sure you do this now. Call them or just go online. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash Beck. You'll save 50 bucks off of any of their plan. Service fees, limitations, exclusives do apply. See the plan for all the details. But it's American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. ahs.com slash Beck. Well, now he's gone too far. He has gone too far. 
Those monsters, monsters that work for Ron DeSantis. Oh my gosh. Do you know what they've done now? I mean, it was bad enough, but I didn't say anything. It was bad enough when they say, you can never say the word gay in any sentence in school. Yeah, that's what that bill really says. Sure, it doesn't read that way, but we all know the dog whistle. And I remain silent, much to my shame. And now, have you seen what else they have done? Oh, it will shock and horrify you in 60 seconds. Okay, the old phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Turns out that's the opposite of what is also true. When it comes to your kids, giving them positive, truthful information to put into their heads produces positive, truthful young adults who are ready to go out and make a world, the world a better place. Do you know where there are kids still out there like that? Where are the kids starting lemonade stands? Do you know that kids are starting all kinds of businesses right now? Because they can. They can learn how to be entrepreneurs, exercising their freedom within the market, gaining appreciation for the fruits of their own labor. If you think this is inspiring and would be good for your kids, then may I suggest that you sign up to get the Tuttle Times. Now, this is an amazing magazine dedicated to teaching your kids about entrepreneurship and other freedom-related things. You can get access to the magazine now at a reduced price for $49 for the entire year. Get this, inspire your kids, give them an example of other kids doing great things. Expand their horizon beyond TikTok. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the magazine, 49 bucks for 12 months. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Dot com. Oh my gosh, Stu, 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 Stu. I got this from Vice, and oh my oh. goodness, thank goodness they exist. Mm. Acknowledging that queer people exist and have human relationships, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Nuanced conversations about America and race in school and the workplace, also bad. Nearly hour-long, nakedly political lessons on the victims of communism, apparently, Ron DeSantis says, good and mandatory. In his ongoing effort, according to Vice, to turn Florida schools into the education wing of the Republican Party, Governor Ron DeSantis signed legislation Monday that establishes November 7th as Victims of Communism Day and adds a required 45 minutes of classroom instruction per year on the subject of communism. Can you imagine teacher union members having to teach this? On November, I'll bet you on November 8th, the ER visits have gone through the roof. Their heads just popped, just popped off their shoulders mm. or their necks. I mean, I think they have necks. But anyway, uh, honoring the people who have fallen victim to communist regimes and teaching our students about those atrocities is the best way to assure that history does not repeat itself. The hate monger DeSantis said. Through HB 395 and the funding announced today, we are guaranteeing that history of those who fled communist regimes and their experiences are preserved and not forgotten by our students. Wow. While it's fashionable in some circles to whitewash the history of communism, Florida will stand for the truth and remain a beachhead for freedom. Ron, will you please come to Texas? Please. Please. You can't. You, this is the last time you can run. We'll wait. This is the last time you can run. You want, 
Just I'm just saying, is it, you know, maybe in your last month, you're like, you know, I'm thinking about moving to Texas. And then you move here. And you know what? I'd be willing to say you live here, you know, even if you're not living here. Right. Just just do both states. Isn't there cool. a, a relatively mm-hmm. uh, decent possibility he's president of the United States when this occurs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Okay. I've not been for mm-hmm. gene splicing before. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. But in in the DeSantis line, I don't <laughs> think I don't think it's that big of a problem. This is making me nervous. There is a little bit of a hero ball going on here. With you're such a naysayer. I mean, I just every time you put faith in one person, no, like this, I don't put faith up. in one person. I just he is a good example of mm-hmm. uh, the way I feel about Elon Musk. Elon Musk, <laughs> there's there's going to come a time that we're all like, oh, that was a scary. You know, when he turns into the Antichrist, he's like, oh, and we're like, wow, didn't see that one coming from Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Sure, uh, should have maybe thought that one through. You know, and it doesn't have to be the Antichrist. He could just go, by the way, I dig socialism now that I've thought about it. Um, And, you know, that kind of stuff is going to happen because we don't agree with him. But right now he's on this pedestal. Ron DeSantis, I really I mean, I I'm not putting him on a pedestal. I'm just saying here's a guy following the constitution and i don't see those people in charge very often it's cool to see it like and i like i think we there is a midpoint between all of us are in constant despair and elation right like the, you can probably just say he's doing a good job he seems like he's a good governor maybe he would be a good president but there's this weird thing that conservatives do because we're so desperate for anyone to do anything positive. No, it's not even positive. Turn these things into these people into. It's not mega even positive. Heroes. It's just somebody who's like, yeah, not buying into that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, not I, doing look, it. I, I'm a DeSantis fan. I think he's done a good job. I think he's governed like well. It. I just I feel think like we should shun you. There's a little bit of. It doesn't does it at all make you nervous? Oh yeah, it does. Because I think we we've gone down this road so many times. I mean, I yeah, am but, all, I just said I was doing my 500th episode of Studios America tonight. Really? And I remember because I'm this, doing my 14,582nd radio. Episode, okay. I'm well, just I, but that's cute. 500 episodes. You're a little episodes. ahead of me. Okay, you're a ahead. little ahead. Yeah. But my point is, I spent several of these episodes tr- saying, giving the same speech to conservatives about Kanye West. When he all of a sudden was the biggest hero in all of the right wing for, you know, two months. And then he went up running against Donald Trump president a few months later. Like, we tend to well, go down was, these roads a little but aggressively. I think that we all knew big, he was nuts. I will tell you this. That's what I kept saying. And everyone right. was getting mad at me for saying it. Oh, I was saying it with you. You were saying it with me. But no, I'm oh, saying wait a minute. That sounds speaking, like a no, not really. I don't no, really believe were, that, Glenn. I don't really believe it. But mainly, <laughs> you, I think, did believe it. But I, th- I, I do think this is the type of thing we get desperate. Whenever a, a, a celebrity comes out and they say something moderately conservative. Oh, we, yeah, I know that. We yeah. just embrace them with full-fledged abandon until they oh, kick yeah. us in the face three months later. And look, there's no... Well, Ron DeSantis is a different story than what I'm mm. describing here. DeSantis has been a conservative for a long time. I'm just worried that we... You know, let, me, let me ask you this. Tell me how this plays out. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. Roe versus Wade, let's say it actually does get overturned. By the way, I would note it has not been yet. Yes. Okay, that's an important thing that. to remember. Yes. Not although, everyone seems to remember Although, it. did you hear Mike Lee yesterday? 
I did. Mike was Lee was, yeah, was on the program. And I said, do you think that they're going to stick to it? And he, what did he say he with was, the first week when it came out? He said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These have a way of changing. This is a first draft. I asked him this, and you know, he knows people. And I asked him, as I said, do you think it's actually going to happen? And he said, yeah, I do. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, because I get the impression that there are a lot of people who know more than we do about these topics behind the scenes. Like, for example, the leaker is one of these things. Is Was the leaker on the right? Was leaker on the left? Now, no, I look at this situation and I see absolutely zero chance that a person on the right would risk the overturning of yeah. Roe versus Wade with a leak before it came out. That Correct. makes no sense to me at all. And if it was true, we'd already know the name. Yeah, right. They already would. They would be staked out of their house. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would. It they, would happen. Every, there'd be they journalists would be, all over. Yeah, they right. would be calling for life in prison if they thought it was bad. However, I think they look at this and say it's good that it's been leaked. We there was a person on MSNBC the other day that said they wanted to have sex with the person who leaked it, and then if it was a Republican, they wanted to abort the baby. That was uh, this. This is the attitude. I just hope for that CNN anchor that it. It was MSNBC, I believe. Or MSNBC. I'm just, I'm just really hoping that it was Clarence Thomas or Kavanaugh so we can make your dream come true. Mm. Imagine, if they, imagine if they were the leaker and that person was like, oh, God, I have to have sex with him now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but again, like you can tell who leaked this, not just because of the logic of the situation, but by judging Every single person in the media and in the government oh, yeah, who's yeah. reacted to it. Oh, yeah. All the Republicans are like, what the heck is going on? And all of the liberals are like, this person's the greatest person of all time who ever yeah. leaked this. That You can tell <laughs> right, <laughs> just by that, yeah. by the reaction, somebody knows something. You think we're uh, ever going to find out? Yeah, I think eventually they'll be made into a hero. You know, I, I think eventually that person will be lionized on the left as this incredible whistleblower. Right. This is a whistleblower. I have to tell you, I think this is coming undone so rapidly. Uh, I mean, we're still way deep in the woods. Yeah. You know, Hansel and Gretel. We're we we are in the oven already when they're knocking at the door of the witch's house. We're already in the oven. So chance of escape pretty low. But uh, it is starting to fall apart. It really is starting to fall apart. People are starting. When Bill Maher is like, you know, I learned things about abortion. I didn't even know it was true. Yeah. I mean, I will say that's a, some of the stuff he said. You never hear in yeah. the media. The, the, uh, try, try this on for size. The fact that no company is coming out and saying this. These Republicans are trying to hurt women with their back alley mm. abortion. They're not doing it. You're Why? You're hearing a lot of it. Because Disney. of Disney. And that's a, a point in Ron DeSantis's favor, right? I mean, yeah, he, him but doing that was a was enough of a shock to, I think, corporate America for uh, them to back I, off a little bit. I'm not sure that it was Ron. I'm not sure. I mean, that was good. You but sound I, like a Ron DeSantis hater. Wow. I can't believe it. Well, I, wow. I, I learned it from America? somebody. <laughs> so anyway, I don't, I'm not sure yeah. it was him. I think it was the parents finding out, wait a minute, wait a minute, Disney, you're doing what? Yeah. I think it was Disney it. themselves, all mm-hmm. those, you know, those uh, conference calls that they had, the video calls that they had where they're like, you know what? I think Thor's gay. We shouldn't make him gay. And it should be man-boy love. And you're like, wait, what? You mean minor attracted persons? Maps? (laughs) (laughs) That's their new term. Yes, I know it is. Maps. So anyway, so get back to the Ron DeSantis point here for a second. 
So just politically, I go straight politics here. Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade, let's say it gets overturned, which I would point out again, it has not yet. It gets overturned, throws it back to the states. I think, don't quote me on the numbers, there's something like 13 states that have trigger laws that as soon as that happens, right, the things, you know, they will ban abortion in some not major if we way. Outlaw, not if we outlaw triggers. <laughs> That's true. There are some states that had these laws in place before Roe versus Wade started mm-hmm, that yeah. may go back into effect. There's a lot of questions about that. Mm-hmm. There are some states on the left that are saying they're going to protect it until like the 50th trimester. Right. Uh, all abortions all the time will pay you to have abortions. I think the left would like to have me aborted right now. Right, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think they, what are you in your thousandth trimester? Mom, I think if yeah. my mom were alive today, she might even go for it. Right. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. So all this to say, yeah. we're going to go into a Republican primary in 2023. 20, uh, we don't know if Donald Trump is going to run. That's a big factor, obviously. But if DeSantis gets into this race, he is in an interesting position because he is really the governor of a purplish state. A state that while all this stuff was going on and people were passing all these restrictive abortion laws on the right and thinking this might be a possibility, six weeks in Texas, full bans with these trigger laws Mm -hmm. and other places, Florida passed a bill as well, restricting it to 15 weeks. And so he is in a position where, you know, his state isn't exactly the type of state who would probably fully ban abortion. All of his competitors that are governors in other states and the people who aren't in positions of power are going to be able to say, you know, hardcore line on abortion. They're going to be able to take what the Republican primary voter wants as a position where See, DeSantis is, even with Republican control, probably isn't going to be able to get that type of law through. So he's going to be sitting there on a, the biggest issue of what's going, you know, over the past year and be with a 15 week, uh, you know, limitation that is going to seem very moderate and compared to let's say for example texas and their laws i just don't how does that play I, out for the for i don't primary? think that we should you know they're voting on this today in in the senate charles oh, Schumer the, is the having yeah chuckles is bringing to yeah. this is this is his <laughs> yeah. uh this is a bill that would yeah. say abortion stays even if roe versus wade Correct. is overturned in yeah. all states and i think we talked to mike about that i talked to somebody about this here recently i don't know if it was on or off the air but um you know can can the federal government even do that after this ruling because they're saying this needs to go with the legislatures of the states yeah. this is not something the federal government should be involved in so I'm not sure even if they passed it, which they won't, even if they passed it, I don't think that that is uh, I, I, just, I just don't think that that is something the federal government should do. I, I oh, 100 percent. They shouldn't do it. The question is, I don't even you're right. I don't know if they could. Yeah, I don't I don't think they can because of this ruling. They're very clear when it is something like this that is not in the Constitution. Tenth Amendment should go back to the states yeah now of course people in states elect these representatives and yeah i mean there are all sorts of laws under that construct which is a construct i would favor by the way yeah it was also the construction of the country so it should be one that we should all favor right. but there are all sorts of laws that violate that standard now there's all oh, sorts oh, of all bans. Sorts. there's all yeah, sorts but, of, i mean yeah. that can roll things back and again it is not uh it, it's it's not that um it's not the perfect solution because people like me believe, you know, that's 
It is murder. It's the middle ground. Yeah. It really is it a, is a the compromise position between the two sides. Right. Right but now, until we just people, live in liberal utopia. Right. Until people can come together, and they'll only be able to do that in smaller communities. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be able to do it in states. The government shouldn't force people to do stuff. You, you should be able to vote for your local people and your state-run people on issues where we don't agree nationally. You've kind of seen this happen in the European Union. If you compare the European Union to the United States, they have their states are countries, and their countries all have different abortion laws, almost all of them more restrictive than what we have here in the United States. The average country in Europe is to the right on abortion policy of Utah currently. Utah. This is not, Utah's not California. I'm talking about one of the reddest states in the union. And this is, uh, this is what Bill Maher magically discovered the other day. Wait a minute. Wow, we are really super progressive, quote unquote, when it comes to abortion. That should stop. And, and should, you know, again, I think it's wrong that California should be even able to have the types of laws they're going to be able to put through. When you're talking about ending another life, that's something the government should be protecting. I agree. But, of course, it's the one thing they're not going to do. Of all the things they do, turtle tunnels everywhere under yeah. every road for turtles to be able to migrate safely. But God, we can't protect babies. God forbid a school bus hits a turtle. Right. <laughs> You know, we but, execute the school but, bus driver. Right. But but the moms can, <laughs> no, and oh, can kill the children that someday would have been on that school bus. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Uh, MyPillow.com. You know, I, I will tell you that people ask me all the time, do you really mean what you say about? Yes, I do. Uh, how many products have we turned down? And I mean, I canceled General Motors. That went over like a lead balloon. I canceled General Motors during the Obama administration because they got into a public-private relationship, and I don't—I didn't like it. So yes, I do believe in these things. My pillow is something that I would have never thought, and it—I think of you every day, every night. I go to bed and I fluff my pillow. Uh, one time, put my fist through each side of it and fluff it up, and I think I would have—I I would have never thought I liked this pillow. And I'm wondering how many people think this is just an ad. I sleep with a MyPillow every day, and I sleep on their sheets, and I love them. My promo code right now, you can get buy one, get one free pricing on the bed sheets, the MyPillows, the six-piece towel sets, the roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, MyPillow.com, promo code back. Promo code back, MyPillow.com or call 800-966-3117. 10 seconds, station ID. So now Elon Musk has done it. Now Elon Musk is has done it. Yesterday he tweeted, chocolate milk is ex- insanely good. Just had some. Elon Musk. He is. He's damn... Damn right on that. Uh, yeah, say. he is. There's nothing it's better. Freaking chocolate milk is awesome. Well, PETA, drinking cow's milk is like driving a gas guzzler. The dairy oh, no. industry is one of the worst contributors to climate catastrophe. What happened about caring for the environment? Now, chocolate oat milk. We can get behind, but not this. Wow. You know, some of these, there's a bunch of different milks that are not milk, obviously, tradition, in the can't traditional milk sense. Nuts. Yeah, you, can't, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples, as we discovered in mm-hmm. the documentary Meet the Parents, but we cannot milk a nut. However, 
uh, these, uh, you know, there's almond milk and there's oat milk. And some of them are, you know, some of them okay. taste good in certain things. Like, yeah. you know, I get oat, cho- chocolate oat milk might actually, I've never had it, but it could actually be good. I will say there is one that is good, though. I can I can vouch for this one. They have banana milk. <gasps> it's made out of bananas and oh, it's I milk. Love it. love and then you it. do the chocolate banana milk. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. It's Where amazing. do you get banana milk? They have it at like grocery stores now. It's like one of the plant-based milks they've rolled out. Where? It's freaking delicious. I mean, wait a minute. Wait, we can't get meat, but we can get a new version of milk? <laughs> yes. That's made from bananas, bananas that we don't grow bananas here in the United States? <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. Wow. It's, it's got to be a cartel thing. <laughs> the Glenn Back Program. Stability. That is a word that should be on your mind these days. Stability. From the current presidential administration down, pretty much nothing is stable. Threats of war, internal upheaval, inflation, supply shortages, don't forget the Great Reset. Uh, All of this stuff is dangerous to us, and it's causing instability. So if you're a smart person, you will look at your dollar and say, what is stable? Um, Those would be assets. Um, I will tell you, I've read a couple of stories about uh, gold and silver and the dollar, and while the dollar is getting stronger right now because Wall Street is falling apart, you know, that doesn't last forever, gang. It doesn't last forever. Gold or silver does. Right now, I want you to call and, and call Goldline. They're giving away one of their most popular products ever, the Silver Maple Flex Bar. That's, I think, two ounces of silver. They're giving it away with every gold legal tender bar pack that you acquire. These are fantastic. All made by the Canadian Mint. Call them right now. They're going to run out of supplies quickly on this. Go to goldline.com or call them 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Don't forget tonight, 9 p.m. on Blaze TV, the Glenn Beck Border Special. Some very disturbing news uh, has uh, just come out of Iran it uh, apparently they are um, we are finding evidence that they are upping their efforts to explode a small nuclear weapon delivered in a satellite over key electrical grids for the United States. Now, it would only take three one launch. You can put them on a ship. I mean, the, they don't have intercontinental ballistic missiles. You don't need one. If they could get one on a ship on the East Coast and West Coast, they could launch. And they launch one over the center of the country, one on each coast. And if you explode it at the right altitude, so it's not vaporizing everybody, it just fries every chip. That knocks us back to the Stone Age uh, for a very long time. Good part of the population dies within the first 30 days. 90% of the population dies within the first year. Uh, And it looks like there's new evidence now that um, they are hardening their own electrical grid. uh, And the um, military, we have now seen documents where the military is endorsing the high-altitude electromagnetic pulse strategy. 
That's not good. We're not, we're not ready for anything. We are just not ready for anything. Anything that happens, the homeland is so exposed right now. And I know it sounds crazy that anyone would do that. But they want to destroy us. And I'm not saying go in and destroy them. I'm saying, why wouldn't we harden our infrastructure? We know people are trying right now just to hack in to our infrastructure. Imagine frying it all. Incredible, incredible news for you, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, we just passed like a trillion dollar infrastructure plan. Oh, okay. That's so part of the infrastructure plan. I'm sure yeah. all of this will be solved very soon, just like it was when we passed the last infrastructure bill. Maybe if we start hiring members of the teachers union to harden the infrastructure, we could get the government to give them money to do that. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. I mean, this is really, uh, this is bad. the problem. There's so many threats all at the same time. I think that's kind of. But the threats are becoming more and more real or yeah. closer. You know what I mean? We know that there is a threat to our economy. We know that there is a threat to our energy system we know that there is a threat to our our electrical grid we know that world war three could happen you know quickly pretty damn quickly we know that china is a threat just the supply line with china is a threat are we addressing any of these we know that our open border is a threat imagine in the next Two years, I happen to believe the experts that say there will be massive starvation, at least in Africa and many of these poor countries, because they just cannot buy the food that they're going to need. Massive starvation. Is anybody preparing for that? We should, as the United, Na United States, as people who are always the ones who step up. If I'm president of the United States, I'm saying, open up everything. Get energy online. You want to solve this? We don't have to threaten Putin. All we have to do is just make sure that we have gas deals with all of those states along the border. Poland, you need gas? We have it. Plenty of natural gas. You need oil? We've got it. I know. Cry me a river about the planet. I know. But you know what? We're also on the edge of new technology and we continue to do new technology. And when it's ready, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run both systems. We're going to keep our nuclear power plants and our coal plants running and we're going to keep them running and we're going to monitor this other system and we'll run it for a year side by side. And after that year shows that it's not cracking, we're going to turn down the other non-clean energy and we'll turn it down maybe to 10%. And we'll keep it as a backup generator. What do you think? There are so many things that we can do and we're not doing any of them. Not doing any of them. You know, do you know how the nuclear weapons, how that happened? Who's really kind of responsible for that, bringing it to the attention of the president? Because it's the president. This is FDR. He didn't think it was possible. He didn't think it was a big deal. 
and it was Einstein, he found out that three Nazi scientists had already discovered nuclear fission. And when he got it, he realized, holy cow, if they create a bomb with that, everybody's done. He had only been in America for about six years. Um, he didn't know it at the time, but he'd never see Germany ever again. So the Nazis <laughs> had taken Albert Einstein's home and made it into the headquarters for Hitler Youth. Did you know that? They took all of his books out of his library and burned them and then put a bounty on Einstein's head. All his life, he was a pacifist. But now he was up against the Nazis, and he knew this is trouble. So he wrote a letter to President Roosevelt, and he said, you better hurry up and make a nuclear bomb. You're going to need uranium. Go with Canadian uranium. So Roosevelt, he needed Einstein to really shake him awake, and so he did. Um, and he started the Manhattan Project. Funny thing is that uh, Einstein wasn't given any security clearance because he was a leftist. So he suggested, but then they wouldn't let him in. Summer 1945, test, New Mexico. Robert Oppenheimer, father of the atomic bomb, looked up at the shadow of the first successful nuclear explosion and realized the world will never be the same. Then we bombed with little boy uh, Hiroshima. The uh, pilot of the Enola Gay, Paul Tibbetts, said we turned back to look at Hiroshima. The city was hidden by that awful cloud, boiling up, mushrooming, terrible, incredibly tall. No one spoke for a moment, then everybody was talking. I remember co-pilot Robert Lewis pounding on my shoulder saying, look at that, look at that. The bombardier wondered whether the radioactivity would make us all sterile. Lewis said he could taste atomic fission. He said it tasted like lead. They say you could see through people's bones, even with your eyes closed. People close enough were liquefied, vaporized, just an outline of a shadow. But the war had gone on too long and it needed to end, and America would end it. And the two nuclear bombs actually saved lives. On both sides. When Einstein heard the news that we had dropped one, he said, Woe is me. Three, three days later, later, we dropped one on Nagasaki. Now, the Einstein letter saved the world from Nazi domination. But he still felt responsible for the bomb. And he said, had I known the Germans would not succeed in developing an atomic bomb, I would have done nothing for the bomb. But he didn't know. Up until 1955, he was devoted to disarmament. And it was a decade after his death that a non-proliferation treaty set the rules for nuclear weapons. Signed by 62 nations, including Britain, the United States, and the Soviet Union. And it's been 77 years since two bombs ended the terror of World War II. We kind of forgot about that threat until Vladimir Putin said, you know, where is that button? 
and crazy people like Kim Jong-un and the Ayatollahs. Why is it everybody is so clear that Kim Jong-un cannot have this technology, both left and right, but the left doesn't have a problem at all with Iran? Maybe I'm a pessimist. You know, every time I think of Albert Einstein, I think about what he wrote. Um, he wrote a book called Ideas and Opinions, and it was right before he died. And he said, you know, coming from Europe, I see the spirit of Americans, and it's infectious. He said the American lives more for his goals, for the future, much more than the European Life for the American is always about becoming and never being. What are we becoming? Back in a minute. Scrolling through social media can be fun, but it can also expose you to con artists. Always be on the lookout for identity thieves who want your personal and financial information so they can open accounts in your name. Common sense measures, things like, you know, not telling everybody, you know, on social media that you're going to be away from the house for a few days. That would be that would probably be good. Even with common sense, you need LifeLock. It's important to understand cybercrime and what you need to do for cybercrime. This is where LifeLock comes in. They can't catch every, everything, but nobody can. But if they do spot something, especially in the deepest, darkest corners of the dark web, do you even know how to fix it? They do. They have a restoration specialist that can work with you to help you fix the problem quickly. So I want you to go to LifeLock now. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK, save 25%. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Um... The the race to watch is really Pennsylvania, and I, we want to get into that maybe tomorrow or the um, the next day. There is something from the Wall Street Journal that I find fascinating. Listen to this. An upstart financial firm backed by Peter Thiel and Bill Ackman has a message for American corporations. Focus on making money, not on taking stands. Hmm. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who uh, made his fortune in pharmaceutical startups before writing a book last year called Woke Inc., says he has raised $20 million to start a fund manager that he would that would urge companies not to wake wade into hot button social or environmental issues. Mr. Thiel invested both personally and through his founders fund joined by uh, Plan- uh, what is it? Planeteer Technologies uh, is Joe. Uh, is Joe Lonsdale and another um, uh, venture capitalist. Ramaswamy's ambitions uh, speak to the culture wars nipping at the U.S. corporate executives. Under growing pressure from its employees, investors, and consumers, many have taken public uh, positions on political issues only to face criticism from the other side. So the firm is called Strive. It'll be based far from Wall Street in uh, the home state of Ramaswamy in, I- in uh, Ohio. In an interview Monday, he said his approach is 
excellence capitalism focused on letting companies do what they do best and nothing else. So he's they're actually starting this fund to go up against BlackRock and State Street. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting that a lot of the so far we've seen a lot of different efforts and some of them have been successful, some of them haven't as far as overturning this sort of woke world. What we're seeing seemingly is a big contribution here from billionaires, yeah. people who are really interested in just believing, you know, believe in free speech, just think it should be something that we should honor and and maybe capitalism should function normally. Right. And they're just stepping in and saying, hey, we're just going to take this over. We're going to do this thing. And that's a good, that's a good, th- that's a, it, you know, people get so angry at billionaires, but like a lot of them are doing really important things. And maybe, I don't know, we should just vilify rich people all the time. Well, part of the part of the problem with billionaires is sometimes they don't create anything. You know what I mean? Uh, except for wealth. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but they're not really creating. Where Elon Musk is creating a lot. Yeah. A and, lot. And usually that's it's it's a cartoon version of what these people are doing, right? Like they're not creating anything. They're investing in companies that wind up creating things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's good. That's that's still creating. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Yeah, ask a startup if, if it's they believing. Can, yeah. Ask these tech startups that are changing everybody's lives whether they could have made it without those initial investments from these rich people who, quote unquote, aren't Correct. producing anything. I know Correct. that's not how you phrase it, but there is a there's a you know, I see that attitude all the time. People just hate. I don't know if it's just the keeping up with the Joneses thing, if it's just jealousy. I, you know, I don't I think you should be able to do the things you believe in with your own money. Mm-hmm. I, this is a crazy idea, apparently, to most of the world. Elon Musk is using his billions of dollars to do many things I don't agree with. Like, for example, you know, all, all the climate stuff he's involved in. I, you know, I don't, I don't. But the technology that will come out of what he's it's still doing. still cool anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just cool. It's the technology that he will pioneer. Mm-hmm. Will I mean, look at the, the moonshot. That changed a lot of technology, our communications, even all the way down to the microwave oven. It changed a lot of stuff and brought new products to market. You can't do something like what Elon Musk is doing and not change and seriously impact the world. This is a a great time of discovery, a great time of advancement. And uh, anybody who's making those advancements, unless they walk lockstep with, you know, now BlackRock, you're not going to. You're not going to continue to make those advancements. That's absolutely un-American. And the reason why many of us are so pessimistic about things is because we haven't, until recently, started to see these big creators, these dreamers, stand firm in the Constitution. Things are changing. This is the Glenn Beck Program.